0: Tribal Trails, Tribal Trails The Son of God
1: Welcome to Travel Trails. Today we're in Winnipeg at the Union Gospel Mission visiting with uh, G- Gilbert Plant. Yes. Yeah. So, Gilbert, where did you uh, grow up?
2: I uh, grew up in, in Winnipeg here. Um, came from a home. I have uh, four siblings three older brothers and a younger sister. I uh, grew up, uh, well, in St. Boniface and Windsor Park.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, tell me about your. Uh, your life uh, before meeting Christ and uh, how you met Christ.
2: Well, um, I was raised in a home that talked about God, but um, never about this personal relationship that was available with Jesus. And I really grew up fearing this God and I thought, well, if I'm not going to heaven, I'm gonna live life the way I want to. And at a very young age, I started smoking marijuana Um, Doing all kinds of different things and became an alcoholic at a young age, um, got married very young and that party atmosphere just kind of continued on for quite some time. Foolish children bring grief to their father and
1: bitterness to the one who gave them birth. Discipline your children while there is hope, otherwise you will ruin their lives.
2: Wife and I, we moved from place to place to place. It would seem that uh, every time I got out of jail, um, you know, it's it's time for a fresh start, honey. Let's let's move, and that eventually led me to the West Coast. I stayed out of jail, but I was still partying every weekend, getting drunk, and um, started using heavier drugs, cocaine. And while we were living in British Columbia, um, I was working for a, uh, a global corporate corporation. And they asked me if I would be interested in being transferred back to Winnipeg. And I jumped at the chance because at that time I had three young children and my, my boys really didn't know their aunts and uncles and cousins. And so we took that opportunity. It was a, a very high-paying job, but with high-paying jobs comes lots of responsibilities. And I uh, worked strictly evenings and graveyards. So I missed out a lot on my children growing up. And after work, I mean, I would uh, go out partying and doing drugs and got myself uh, involved with some individuals that perhaps I shouldn't have. And um, before you knew it, because of my uh, drug use and my, found, my newfound friends, I uh, lost my job. And uh, things really took a turn for the worse there. Uh, that's when I started selling drugs. Uh, But I found out very quickly that I wasn't a very good salesman, because I started doing all the drugs I was trying to sell, uh, accrued a debt, so I had to work to pay that off. And uh, um, then I was introduced to the world of crystal meth. Um, That's back in 2004, I believe it was. And uh, life really took a spiral there. Um, I've done all kinds of drugs. Um, but the crystal meth, by far, um, in my opinion, was the most evil drugs of them all. Uh, and what it does, it, uh, it keeps you awake. It, um, it uh, suppresses your appetite. So you're you're staying awake. You're not eating. Um, and eventually, of course, with all these things, uh, hallucinations begin. And um, it's really an evil drug. And I started losing weight very rapidly. And I was actually, at one point in my life, I was down to 140 pounds. Um, I looked like a walking skeleton. And, uh, um, yeah, things just continued to get worse. Um, I I was associating with individuals that were living the same type of lifestyle. And finally, my wife had enough. And she said, uh, you need to make a choice here. You're going to clean up or you need to get out. And, uh, well, I guess I'm not the uh, brightest bulb on the block because I chose to leave but I had nowhere to go, so I was basically homeless. And uh, uh, being a, a Métis man, my, my sister was working at the Federation at the time, and an opportunity came up to get enrolled in this program that uh, the Federation was putting on. They were gonna put you through school, and uh, um, a works trade program. I, I enrolled in this carpentry course, and and if I graduated, they would help you find a job, and they had put me in a hotel where I was getting three meals a day, going to school during the day. And I mean, it was, it was really quite something, Uh, but I just wouldn't give up the drugs. The living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet he has not left himself without testimony. at uh, school one day and I was gonna walk back to my uh, to the hotel where I was staying because I wanted to have a warm lunch rather than a bagged lunch and I was walking down Ellis Avenue and uh, um, a taxi cab was driving by and the window was rolled down and uh, um, I could see that this fellow was looking for someone you know he was moving around and and all of a sudden he pulled into the curb lane and uh, he looked at me and said get into the car and I said me he said get in Um, okay so I got into the car and immediately the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and something very peculiar was happening here Um, the man that was driving the cab um, I've hung around and I've known some very large men but nothing compared to the dude that was driving this cab that day. I I believe he may have been of uh, East Indian descent. I'm not really sure. And uh, I was kind of petrified, actually. I didn't know what was going on. And uh, we started driving down Ellis, and he looks at me and says, just the start of things. I said, what? He said, just the start of things. And I went, um, sure, okay and i didn't think anything of it and well we pulled into the parking lot of where i was staying i had no money to pay for the for the ride or anything and um so i offered this man the bag lunch that i was taking back with me and he was incredibly happy and very thankful but as i'm getting out of the car this great big paw hits me on the grabs me on the shoulder and almost spins me around in the front seat looks at me with these eyes and says, do the right thing, Jesus loves you. I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. Um, I got out of the car and walked through the front doors of the hotel. And as I was in the lobby area there, it hit me like a ton of bricks. How did this guy know where I was going? There was very little conversation. I did not tell him where I was going. I, I was so perplexed that... um. I did the only thing that I knew what to do at that time. I ran upstairs and got high. As I was getting high, it really truly was just the start of things. Because I started thinking about being raised in this home, um, not really knowing who God was, but one thing that my mom really told me was, Gilbert, you need to pray. Just pray, 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 the Lord will be with you. And I thought, well, what can it hurt? But I always thought, like, why would this man named Jesus have as righteous as everybody says he is? Why would he want anything to do with a loser like me?
3: I believe some of us can identify with our guest. I have good news. God loves everyone, even losers. The Bible explains why and how. In his letter to the believers in Rome, the Apostle Paul gave us an account of how humanity declared war on God. And because of this, they deserve to be condemned eternally. But God did not declare war on humanity. Instead, He sent His Son as the peacemakers that they might be reconciled to God. I'm going to read a few verses from Romans 5. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die For an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us, while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. You might ask, how can I be saved? The Bible says your faith in Christ's death for your sin and his resurrection for your righteousness is the only way in which you can be saved. So why not put your faith in action right now? And let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you, Father, you died on the cross. I thank you that you paid the price for our sins, where you will take our sins and forgive us. We pray, Father, that you will come into our heart and forgive our sins and come into our life, Father, to live with us. We give our life to you to be used for your honor and glory. This we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Something good happens when you pray. You start a new relationship with God. You become his child, and God becomes your father. You need to know him more by prayer, Bible reading, and going to a Bible-believing church. If you need to talk to someone for support and encouragement, call us. We'd love to hear from you.
0: The things that I love and hold dear to my heart Are just borrowed, they're not mine at all so only let me use them to brighten my life To remind me, remind me, dear Lord Hold back the curtain of memory now and then Show me where you brought me from And where I could have been stars in his hand, yet he chose the road to Calvary to die in my stead. Why he loved me, I can't understand.
2: on the phone because I had just gotten kicked out of this beautiful program through the federation and I was standing on the corner at a, at a phone booth and calling crying the wife and and she said well you know what you need to do and I went what she said well you need to straighten out you need to smarten up you need to come home and be a husband you need to come home and be a man you need to come home and be a father okay so I uh, went back home and uh Life wasn't easy, living right in the heart of the North End. And uh, where I was living, I mean, I could just open up the door and yell for drugs and it would be there. But um, I was insistent that I was gonna try to stay clean and sober, but it wasn't easy. And then one day I was in the the upstairs of our house and that urge for drugs came so heavy, so hard. I actually picked up the phone and I was gonna make a phone call. And uh, I threw the phone against the wall And kind of shook my hands to the heaven. And I said, you know, if there is a God, you need to do something because I want to get high. And in the midst of my screaming to the heavens, there's a knock on the front door. Okay, so I ran downstairs, opened up the door, and there's this fellow standing there. And he looks at me and he says, Gilbert. And I said, yes. And he said, you don't remember me. I said, no, sir, I do not. He says, Officer Cal. I said, Officer Cal. I'm thinking, Wow. I just asked for help, but I don't think you're it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, anyways, he says, you don't remember. And I said, no, I do not. He said, well, about a month or two ago, you were in the backseat of my cruiser car. And i have been in the back of many cruiser cars, and I just really didn't remember. And he said, you were absolutely, well, crazy. He said, you were talking nonsense. But the one thing that struck home was, how could God ever love me? And he said, you know, in the 25 years of me being a police officer, not once have I ever looked anybody up that I had previously arrested to search them out to see how they're doing. But the Lord has put you on my heart, and I'm here to give you a gift today. And I said, you are? He said, yes. And he hands me a a New Testament Bible entitled, How to Find God for Those Who Thirst. I invited this gentleman into my home. We chatted for quite some time. He introduced me to Jesus, and uh, we've been friends ever since.
0: What
4: can I boast about When the life that I live has been given me What can I be proud of But of Jesus who died to set me free set me free let not the wise man boast in his wisdom let not the strong man boast in his strength let not the rich man boast in his riches for all men are equal Still reaches out. No matter how far or how weak we are, His love has no bounds. And He reaches the ones down on the knees, on their knees.
2: later, I was upstairs. My wife was out of town visiting her mother. It was about three o'clock in the morning and, uh, and about three in the morning. And all of a sudden I, I awoke because I thought somebody had hit me on my chest and, uh, looking around and whatever. So I tried to go back to bed. And again, that, that felt like a punch to the chest. And I sat straight up in my bed and I could hear this gentle voice saying, which way are you going? And I was looking, one side of the bedroom was pitch black, and the other side of the bedroom, there was a light shining through. And it just hit me, you know, I need to go to the light. I need to go to the light. And right then and there, I fell to my knees, crying like a baby, and said, I don't know how or why, but Lord, I need you, I need you. And uh, it was right then and there, it was like a ton of bricks, these shackles that just fell from me. Was it just the start of things? It sure was. And you know what? I was radically changed that day, and I've never recovered. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you
1: follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the
2: light that leads to life.
1: So, what happened after that? How did you get clean?
2: Well, through uh, many people wanted me to get into a program, such a wonderful program, such as UGM. Um, but at that time, I, I thought I had been away. I'd missed so much that I put my faith in God, right? I will never leave you or forsake you. And I took that to heart. And uh, you know, all oh, you were weary and heavy laden. I, I mean, I took that to heart. And what I did was I relied on the Lord and he delivered me in a big way.
1: So how did you uh, start growing in your Christian faith? Uh,
2: Where I was living, um, there was just church just up the road. And uh, I started going there because at the time I still wasn't working. So I started going to this little church um, every morning. And uh, these nuns actually kind of took a shining to me. And uh, they started uh, telling me certain passages that I should be reading and this and that. And and so I was going to this church, but there was just something that I was missing. I'm not sure what it was, um, but something was missing. But what it did do was it gave me an opportunity to leave the house, stay clean, go sit in this pew, and open up the scriptures. And the more I read, the thirstier I got.
1: Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me anyone who believes in me may come and drink For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart When he said live in water, he was speaking of the spirit Who would be given to everyone believing in him?
2: I eventually got a job and uh... Um, I was reading my Bible at work and I was every opportunity I could, I was reading and reading and reading. And then where I was working, um, there was two different divisions. And one of the divisions was led by this fellow and uh, he happened to be a pastor. And so I, me being me, I literally kicked his door open one day and I said, I hear you're a pastor. And he kind of looked at me with these big eyes and said, well, yes, I am. I said, well, that's good because I've got some questions <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah. And it really, the, the, uh, friendship really kind of took off from there. He took me under his wing and, um, we started studying. We got together, we we're reading the word. And again, I mean, I just would, every opportunity I had, it was in the scriptures and I started doing some online stuff and, uh, and then he invited me to his church to share my testimony, um, which I did. And uh, lo and behold, I never left. Uh, we moved from one building to another building where we currently are. And um, we belong to a convention. And the convention, uh, through the convention, I was voted in and they ordained me. And well, to this day, I'm still the associate pastor there. And I also work for Union Gospel Mission. So what's it called? The the church? It's called New Life Sanctuary Church. Uh, John, Pastor John Feeks is the senior pastor, and I'm the associate there. Yeah. Where is it located? Uh, 618 Muriel Street. Muriel. Yeah, it's in the Unicity area.
0: How sweet the living water from the hills of God it makes me glad and happy all the way. No glory, grace, and blessing mark the path I've trod. I'm shouting hallelujah every day. Drinking at, at the, the spring of living water. water. Happy me, now am I? My soul is satisfied. Drinking at, at the spring of living water. water it full supply Oh sinner, won't you come today to Calvary A fountain there is flowing deep and wide The Savior now invites you to the waters free Where thirsty spirits can be satisfied Drinking at, at the spring the living water Happy now, my my soul soul is is satisfied. Drinking at the brink of living water, oh, wonderful and and bountiful supply.
1: So, uh, how important was your uh, training as you're developing in your Christian life?
2: Well, it was absolutely crucial. Um, I mean, the Lord never misuses anything, as we know even without my knowledge he was working on me even in my disobedience he was working on me and after uh, becoming uh, ordained through the through the co- the, the conference and uh, uh being at new life sanctuary church as the associate pastor there was another fellow by the name of John Feeks who's the pastor now but at the time he was just visiting and he was putting on some uh, um, disciple classes and some apologetic training, and and so there was many different avenues for me to grow and to learn, and and I was taking advantage of all of them. And uh, being part of this convention, um, we have partnerships with some folks down south in in Missouri and Arkansas and Kansas, and some of these folks would come up to Winnipeg for a missions just short-term missions trip, and and uh, my pastor, not John, but the pastor was there at the time him and I were getting together for coffee and the phone rang and it was from this pastor in, in Wichita, Kansas. And he said, uh, a group of pastors have been getting together and we've been praying regularly for Canada and specifically Winnipeg. And, uh, um, we've, we think that the Lord wants, um, a church to be planted right in the heart of the North end. And, uh, wow, that's like my neck of the woods. And they said, well, yeah, well, we want you to be the church planter, Gilbert. And my jaw dropped because here I am still fairly green and I knew nothing about church planting, no building, no money, no people. I mean, what am I supposed to do? And, and all these things come rushing through my head and our faithful Lord, I immediately just heard this gentle voice, you know, be still and know that I am God.
3: Amen. God's in charge and he has plans for those who put their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah chapter 29, we read, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Wow, those are wonderful plans. Not only that, God also gives further instructions on how we can know His plans. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. That's exactly what happened to our guest today. God delivered him from the lowest pit of addictions and put him in a position of honor. So God's not in the business of making losers, but winners. In Jesus Christ, life has never been easy, but the Apostle Paul said, But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere, like a sweet perfume. So when you put your trust in Christ, we're on the winning side. That's good news. If you haven't asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, I encourage you to do it today. If you need help, give us a call. That's our program for today. See you again next time. Lay everything at his feet
4: For all of us he was with us To die, even when we were weak, when we were still without strength, when we were set in our ways, when we were filled with hatred for him, still he was willing to die for you and I.